This podcast is brought to you by Overtake Motorsport. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of WTHK. This is a podcast brought to you by Overtake Motorsports. I am joined by only one half of the Hun brothers, although it's been promised that the other half will arrive shortly. I sure hope so. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Pedro. How are you? Well, I was waiting on your brother while uh, boiling inside the own heat of this room, but he has not showed up yet, and so we started early. Oh, no. it's He does this. All in, in all, there, there's a certain lack of consistency, he, much like the weather between our two countries right now. It's, uh, I would explain to him this way, but I, I'm not sure he's ready for it. He hasn't spent all that much time in the U.S. yet. Um, I would explain to him in baseball terms because consistency is key to baseball. Um, not sure he would understand, but you know, we'll get there. <laughs> I, I yeah, hope. But one step at a time. Uh, all right, so we got a couple of things to talk about. Yeah, a few races happened last weekend, I believe. Yeah, it feels it. It fully feels like the the giant centipede called motorsports is finally moving with all hundred feet. Yes, I don't know why I said centipede. But what the fuck? No, that's a, that's that's an odd analogy. I was wondering where yes. you were going with that. <laughs> but I can so kind of see animals. what you're going for there. There were so much better animals today. Anyhow, um, Fernando also got a podium and completely overshadowed the entirety of the field. Um, Verstappen was as dominating and as dominating as ever, and nobody seemed to care. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of, but this is a. I think everyone's realized that. Oh crap! This is going to be a useless championship now. Hmm. So therefore, you latch on to the one thing that's interesting, and Alonso in an Aston Martin is already interesting. Yeah. Let alone when it's competitive enough, competitive enough to be on the podium legitimately. Yeah. Whilst he probably doesn't beat Leclerc before, and if Leclerc finishes the race, he wouldn't have been far off him. Yeah, for sure. And with a clean race without getting a whack from your teammate, he was probably fighting for third anyway. By the way, we. I was harsh. I can't remember you guys, but I was slightly harsh towards um, Lance Stroll on last week's mm. episode. I mean, kudos to him. He just finished an extremely yeah. good race with a broken wrist. Amazing. Yeah, I don't know how he's done that because that that's mental yeah. to be to watch him through free practice and qualifying and look watching the way he turns the steering wheel, mm-hmm. and then being still being able to finish sixth. In whilst passing Russell in a Mercedes in the process mm-hmm. is phenomenal. Yeah. And you do have to ask the question, if he had the whole of winter testing and an unbroken wrist, would it have been him on the podium? Ooh. Because you've got to say he was pacey. He was keeping up with Alonso very well in the first two parts of the race. It was only in the third stint where he probably lost a bit of stamina. Yes. But he actually lost out. And we know he's a quick driver on his day. Mm-hmm. So it's, I w- it would have been very interesting to see how high up or how close to Alonso Stroll would have been had he been 100% over the last few weeks. Yeah. And I, I suppose it's going to be interesting too to see how long does it take him 
to be at that level. Yes. It's we know he's got the talent to be at that level. No, no, I mean because of the hand. Oh, the hand. Oh, do you think oh physically? The healing, yes. The healing of the oh, hand. Oh god. Oh anything before Baku would be a miracle. Baku so is basically I'd expect I'd expect Saudi and Australia to be problems for him still. I'd expect yeah. those two races to still be him being a bit hampered, but then there's a month gap, isn't there? So it's, it's probably, yeah, round four, he'll be back to normal. Mm-hmm. Or normal enough that it makes no difference. Yeah. Now, what was the other thing I was going to mention? What? Oh, here's your brother. Hold on, let me get... The other half of the Hun brothers is joining the show. Give us a second. Jeopardy music plays in the background. You need the uh, Monty Python intermission music from uh, Holy Grail. I can see the face. I can hear no sound yet. Hello. Hey, oh God, there he is! Sorry, it took Hello, sorry, it took forever to get my sound. I couldn't tell if you were in the middle of a very important point. I didn't want to, you know, be me. Way to turn up late to the podcast, mate. Sorry, I forgot that I had a previous recording thing that I forgot about until about half an hour ago. No, you did not turn up late. We started earlier. Ah, take that. Right, just a second. How are you doing? I'm gonna make my audio better. Just a second. No, no. The man he's not making his audio better he's just making it look cool by having his headset on the man has struggled with a cord now he doesn't struggle yeah that was that didn't go if well went, for Chris if went uh, it, it, oh no it's not is it going for this is it going for this uh, no it, no if your question was it if it was working it is working wow <laughs> There we go. Now it's working. And also, this is a cool look. Then I've got to change my way, my look on life. Um, I'm doing well, thank you. How is everybody doing? You look like the singer of my favorite band back in 2004. Oh God, not Green Day. I got that comparison today yeah, as well. That's quite funny. Yeah. Yes, you do. You I do. I went to school wearing a black shoe, a black shirt, black waistcoat, black trousers, and a red tie for Mario Day because it's March 10th. M A R. One zero Mario Day, <laughs> and I got more comments about looking at the main character from Gr- main character main the lead singer from Green Day than I did about Mario. I, I can only, off the top of my head, I can only let's say two Green Day songs. One's American Idiot, and the other is Wake Me Up When September Ends. Is that Green oh, Day? Oh, you burned my joke. Oh, sorry. We we're gonna say, Hey, Chris, sleep it off, and I'll wake you up when September ends. No, I was gonna say, I'm about to go to bed. Could you wake me up when September ends? Ah. Uh, I'm surprised you weren't going to say that because I live here. I'm an American idiot. <laughs> oh, you're a British idiot who just happens to live in America. So that is the TV show named after that, right? Um, oh, God, you, your mic is... It's slightly cutting off. Is it? Why? Yeah. How about now? It's still the same. It's cutting off. How is it cutting off? It's, it's not cutting off. It's it's. I don't know if it's the same thing for Alex. It's It's, it's, it's coming through weird. Yeah, it's slightly choppy. It's very crackly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the word. Not choppy, crackly. Okay. Let's see if this makes... Is this still choppy or is it better? No. Uh, it's a little bit... It's almost It's almost like your voice is um, bouncing off walls. 
it, it's not, but it's 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 more the way in which it's going through the microphone and then coming through to us on Zoom. Bear with us, everyone. He's now ruined the microphone by eating it. Well, if it's going to go, I might as well go spectacularly. Um, is this any better? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's way better. There you go. You've done something different there. Yay. I can't stick with this then. I don't know what you do, but you did the same thing last episode, last week, and it, it solved the problem. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, there I'll, we go. I'll tell you one thing about Green Day. If you only know two songs, you wouldn't have enjoyed the race at Kota. Oh, yeah. Oh, would have sent to the Boulevard of Broken Dreams for me. They oh, didn't. No, they no, didn't cut it. Oh, uh, I guess we could have said good riddance to that idea. Oh, there you go. You know what? When I come around to Mexico, we should see if they're doing something like that. Although, who knows? That might be the last night on Earth. If anyone... I'm just, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> lifting off. <laughs> Sorry. You know what they say? No, you're anyway. <laughs> I didn't like Green, I didn't like Green Bay very much. <laughs> They've grown on me as I've got older. Should we talk about? I really, yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like, I, I feel like um, American Idiots are like almost a novelty song to me. And then them doing like you know the Simpsons theme, they kind of put them as like a particular age bracket. It's ironic that American Idiot is it not meant to be a concept album, which is meant to be quite serious. Oh really? Yeah. I mean. That's always the way, though. Like, you know, R.E.M. did uh, Shiny Happy People. Yeah. That song they literally just did to fill in time on the album. And it became one of the most successful songs, and they're so livid about it. But, like, we put no time and effort into that song whatsoever. It's also got... That's also <laughs> quite a dark song lyric, as well. Or... It's about drugs. This is. Shall we resume talking about racing? Yes, we can. Oh, is that what this is? Is that what this is? I hope so. Thought this was a Green Day podcast. Oh, I wish. I, really... well, well, I don't think we're going to get much out of the three of us talking at Green Day. We're not going to get much more than 20, 10 minutes, to be honest. Oh, oh we got Pedro. Pedro could, Pedro could lead it. He'd be fine. This is not a Green Day podcast, but I could do an entire podcast on, by myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's talk about racing. Yes, uh, we were in the midst of discussing the Bahrain GP. I would like to hear yeah. your thoughts. Say that again, sorry? We were in the midst of discussing the barring GP. Mm-hmm. And we would like to know your general thoughts about it. Um, it wasn't a classic by any means, but it wasn't a dull race. I mean, I think it benefited from being the first race of the season. We're just excited to see the cars out on track again. And I was Zooming the race with my father and brother. Um, and that made things more interesting. The action was really condensed into 20 laps, and that was good action. And although there was a significant amount of heartbreak for someone like Leclerc going out, Alonso getting through to the podium kind of saved the race in every single way possible. That was such an epic like thing to happen, especially as we'd all be kind of be saying, oh, imagine if the car's actually this good. Um, I was kind of expecting, after qualifying, him to finish in the same place he qualified. To see him get a podium again was fantastic, and it sets up the season quite nicely. It's not a race I'm going to be watching the highlights for frequently, but I wasn't I wasn't dissatisfied by the race. I left the race feeling perfectly happy. See, that's not how I came out of that race at all. How did you come out of the race, Alex? Rather depressed because it feels like Schumacher in 2004. Oh, I'm not. um, The championship is essentially done. And it's just, you've got to sit through it. And you know you've got to sit through it. One thing that may change that 
And I'll be intrigued to see if the other teams can catch up and Red Bull start showing trouble because of their lack of wind tunnel testing time. If they if it starts going downhill for them and all of a sudden you've got like people carving points out of them and trying to regain the gap they've taken, that could be a fascinating end to a season. That could be really fun. So I'm holding out hope for that, but it does seem, yeah, like P1 has kind of decided, possibly even P2. But hey, it could be Alonso in P3, guys. Guys? I agree. If Alonso <laughs> finishes P3, then that is a, well, he's going to be world champion 2024. I there's a possibility if Ferrari are still continuing to be Ferrari, which apparently they are. I think Bang. he's got a good shout. I, I I can't believe it. By the way, when it, when the camera cut to Leclerc, I could not believe it. Like that is ridiculous. When yeah. is that guy going to get a single break? Well, he's had he's had many breaks, so let's be. He's also careful. had many. He's also had many bad breaks. Really. <laughs> it's well, not, man, yeah. not, not be superb for the old Monegasque. No, but it's yes. I, his his time at Ferrari is limited if they keep doing this. No, and I think Landon Norris, I think Landon Norris's time at McLaren is limited too. Yeah, could well, be. So Norris and Leclerc to uh, the Andretti Formula One team then. Oh, that'd be great. I I I was I'm listening to something recently. I've forgotten what it was. Um, saying like where could Lando Norris end up? Um. Aston Martin potentially, but somebody's making a bit a big bet saying, "Hey, wait until Audi back into the sport, headed by Andreas Seidel. That could be an interesting move in the future. It's a couple of years down the line, but it makes mm. a bit of sense." Well, it, it depends how you do it because you've got to assume that Porsche will still be hanging around, mm-hmm. and well, it'll be unlikely if Joe's still around, but you never know if he makes Bottas look average, then things may change. And you would have thought Bottas is the shoe-in for mm-hmm. Audi on the basis he knows what he's doing with a big German team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if if him and Joe just don't do much, yeah, I can see a Porsche-Norris lineup. Yeah, I'd, I'd be intrigued by that. It's, considering his performance in the F2, by the way, Porsche is looking like he's absolutely on fire. Jesus, that was dominant. Three quarters of a <laughs> second over one lap. Ooh, God. Yeah. I see that lineup. The issue is, I feel like short term, there's not many places Norris can really go. Yeah. Oh, I think I think short. Um, well, depends what I mean by short term. In that, probably 2025, but once it does open up, he can go anywhere he wants. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because everyone knows what he can do now, mm. and it is literally he will get to pick where he goes. Yeah, it'll be. That's it. The first race of the season has now kind of presented so many questions. I didn't think there'd be so many questions coming out of the first race of the season. But with the downfall of quite a few big teams, the uprising of some others, and the surprising like climb of teams like Williams, I am very intrigued about how the season's going to go. I mean, yes, we've discussed P1 and P2 possibly out of it, but the rest of the grid looks like it's going to be a bit of a mix-up from previous years, which I am all about. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that Alpine are probably as quick as Mercedes. Hmm. But the only problem is you can't couldn't tell because Ocon decided he was going to channel his inner Maldonado and it just got funnier and funnier with each penalty. That was one and of the things watching it get, pop up. And for Gasly to go from last to ninth without a safety car, yeah, is quite stunning. So Gasly had a that, Gasly for will be pushing the Mercedes, I think. Gasly had a great drive. How on earth did you serve a time penalty incorrectly? In fairness, it wasn't him. It was his team. 
because they clearly touched the car before the five seconds was up for his infringement of being on the grid wrong. Whether or not it... Well, they they mistimed it. They just just touched the car before five seconds was up because they're idiots. So so whilst that isn't Ocon's fault, the first bit is for getting the penalty in the first place. And whilst getting a penalty again is necessary, it may be harsh, but got to make sure people don't do it. Speeding in the pit lane is the dimmest thing you could have done all day, you idiot. Yeah. What was he doing? Um, I, at some point, I was wondering if he was like, hey, let's have a bit of fun. Let's see how many times we can make the people people watching the TV laugh at home. Because you and I and Dad were in disbelief watching the Esteban Ocon under investigation. Esteban Ocon under investigation. Like, <laughs> the amount of times it popped up yeah. right, is five seconds, ten seconds. Will it be 20 next? If he gets another, will it be 40? <laughs> I think the last one was the funniest because it was Ocon under investigation for speeding in the pit lane, which is just hilarious on the basis you know he's made a mass he's made a stupid mistake. He's probably got a little bit annoyed and as yeah, it's the cherry on the massive I mean, I was, I was turd cake that is his race. Mm-hmm. I was watching with my grandfather as I usually do, and he just got his entire his inner NASCAR self into the race because if the marshals that are NASCAR race decide that you have committed way too many penalties, they could just black flag you and you're gone. Mm. So he just looked at the screen and said, "Just black flag him already. He's doing nothing. He's just obstructing, you know, the, the traffic. Just get him out of the race." Yeah, he probably wasn't far off because there was what was it? Two of the penalties were his fault. Yes. Mm. Uh, so if he'd done another one, I think he was would have been in real danger of getting black flag. That's a good point, actually. When was the last time we saw black flag in F one race? Uh, fuck. A very Ooh. long time. Shoemaker. Uh, there's been there's been stuff since. There's I'm been sure. plenty of black and white flags. Yes. Yeah, there's lots of black and white flags. What wow. We'll have to research on that and come back next week with the answer. Uh, or okay, even okay, I'm gonna check for it right now. Okay, I'll wait. That's it. Alex is going for it, so let's have a look. In fact, while this is happening, let me get a bevy. For those listening, you two really should keep talking because at this point, yes, I'm... I was gonna, I was gonna do that. Yeah, for those listening to us, we're essentially now just checking for the last black flag. In uh, F1. Oh, there you go. I found it. There we go. Oh, no, that's not it. I have found it. Oh, you've had, what? what's the answer? I'm just waiting for Chris because the man just went to serve himself a drink. Oh, he's actually gone, gone. Oh, I thought he was just having a drink as opposed to I've gone. Oh, well, he's gone. To, there you go. He's back. Green Day Spurs Angry is back, so it's the last black flag in F1's history. It was during the 2007 Canadian Grand Prix. Uh-huh. Felipe Maza and Giancarlo Fischer-Keller were pulled aside for passing a red light when leaving the pits. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Very interesting. Didn't realize it's been that long. Yeah, and... I didn't think it'd be for. It's, I know it's a, a reasonably big offence, but 
kind of, kind of shows how far we've come that that would be a black flag offence. Mm. Hmm. But what are your thoughts about the race, Pedro? You've heard about me and Alex rambling on. What did you think? Well, I thought it was a very dull race, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, it had some interesting moments and some interesting pieces in it. As you mentioned, Gasly, the outcome thing, obviously Fernando Alonso. But everything else just felt kind of the same. If if you take out, you know, the rose-tinted glasses from being the first race of the season, everything was pretty much the same. Hmm. I must admit, though, something that made it better was that it wasn't all DRS overtakes. We saw some interesting overtakes during the race, especially from Fernando Alonso. And I think the fact he knows his car is so much quicker in the corners than it is on the straights, and the fact it's Fernando Alonso bodes well for the rest of the season. I mean, the Aston Martin is probably not going to be great on tracks like Montreal, maybe even Jeddah. But when it comes to, as is one thing I was thinking, thinking about, when it comes to Monaco, is Alonso going to win that? I was thinking just as soon as, as you started talking, I thought about that. Um, <laughs> if he manages to be on pole or near pole, because he was at some point during Q3, um, he might just win the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I think Monaco or Hungary are probably his best bets. What about you, resident nerd? Thanks. F1, uh, F1, F1 it, the problem is we don't really know what the Red Bull's going to do around properly, properly slow stuff. Mm. So, ironically, I think it's the other way around, knowing that if you looked at all the time, timing thing, uh, timing beams during qualifying, the Red Bull was not the fastest on a straight line and not the fastest around fast mm-hmm. corners, which is very un-Red Bull-like. So you might find that odd racetracks where you think the Red Bull should win, like Spain, where medium to high speed and straight line speed are quite key, they may suffer more. Mm-hmm. But if the car is as dominant as we think it might be, it may not matter. Yes, and do you think it's actually going to be a perfect run for Red Bull? Has to be an option. With reliability nowadays, it has to be an option. Mm. Because it, it'll be be it'll be Perez winning a couple of races. It won't be Verstappen winning all 23, no. I hope, because <laughs> that would be horrible. Not because it's Verstappen or any reason like that, just if the same driver winning all 23 races would be bad for the sport. We've never had that. No, even when McLaren were dominant, they it was Senna and Prost. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's um, you might get the odd Ferrari win, you might even get the odd Alonso win, yeah, or Stroll win. But I don't think we'll be seeing a Mercedes win anytime soon. Actually, you bring up a good point. Last week we talked about how Stroll has to up his game. He upped his game for that race. We were just talking about that before you yeah, appeared. Yeah. And yes, he did. One thing I forgot to tell you about. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about that, about that. And we were actually discussing the time it would take him to be up uh, in form with uh, Alonso. And mm. I mean that as the healing of his hand, not the actual driving skills. Yeah. I know the doctors initially said around Australia or Baku. And assuming he doesn't strain us or make it worse, we have to consider it's a similar time frame for that, right? Yeah, I said back on the bases as a gap of about four weeks between Australia and and Azerbaijan. So in that time, you'd expect it to heal fully. Yeah. Close enough that it's got about to it. Really that amount of time? Dear Lord. Well, the Chinese Grand Prix was going to be in the middle of it. Oh, yeah. 
It was mainly Australia, two weeks China, then two weeks to Baku. And for the fourth year in a row, China's been cancelled. I still feel like they need to do more at the very beginning of the season. Just go for a whole the end, middle of February to the middle of March, get three or four Grand Prix out of the way, possibly even five. Just mm. have a start and then maybe even the gaps out as the year goes on. Yeah, I agree. No, we got six minutes left, guys. Oh, I have not asked you for uh, for, uh, for your ratings. Three. Two. 32 overall. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 55. Uh, <laughs> then Alex said what, two? Alex said two. Um, sorry, he was drinking at the time. I'm not answering for him. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I, it's, um, I'm very much like an asterisk and say rose-tinted three for me. I was very much like, yeah, yeah, one is back. Yay, Alonso's on the podium. Yay, Logan Sargent's doing well. Um, but yeah, it's a rose-tinted three for me. Yeah. Yeah, How it's a two you? on the basis of the overall knowledge that I remember what it was like when Schumacher was doing this and it's just boring for the championship, which is just pain. Least with Hamilton and Vettel domination, there was other things going on. Either teammates were good, or there was championship challenges. Mm-hmm. But this is another level of domination. I thoroughly enjoy that. Minus three with the asterisk of rose tinted spectacles. Alex is two with the asterisk of impending doom. Yeah. Yep. So, what's your score on asterisk, Pedro? I'm gonna go for the FIFA style kind of three. I don't know if oh. you. I assume you have gone into like the lower divisions of uh, English football and FIFA. Mm-hmm. Two. And some teams have like two stars, and there's a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of the third star. <laughs> like Accrington's Accrington Stanley FC. Exactly, that kind of stuff. It's a three United. Tiny, tiny, tiny bit of the fourth star just filled in. Because of mm-hmm. Very interesting. Three. It's a FIFA three. A FIFA three. I like that. Anything else, guys, on the race before we move on to a second call? Perez needs a slap in the face for put, almost putting Carlos Sainz in a wall at the start. I it wasn't that bad. It was not <laughs> clever. It wasn't all. clever. It wasn't clever. But no. it, wasn't, it wasn't hungry. Schumacher Barrichello bad. No, it's not that level, but it's 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 arguably stupider because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Schumacher was calculated and knew what he was doing. Perez is just going, who cares? I'll do what I want. And one day, someone is going to get caught out doing that, whether it's Perez or literally anyone on the grid. They're going to do something like that, and they're going to just get a whack. Mm. And Perez, unfortunately, has a history of doing stupid stuff like that. No. So he... Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> Have you ever seen the 2018 Singapore Grand Prix? No. I, I, he does not strike me as somebody who just weave over halfway down one of the slowest like red parts of the racetrack and hit into somebody. That just doesn't sound like something. Uh, oh, you didn't you didn't say he did that, did he? Damn blood. No, but he he has nah. Sorry. No, never mind. Mm. He's uh, had a few months. Is it was worse when it was him and Ocon because they kept you. doing it to each other. It was when it, when it was him well, and Ocon and they're like, Well, you yes, jumped, so I'm yeah. doing it back. Yeah, those two <laughs> together, nine times out of ten, they deserved it, although Perez driving Ocon into a wall on purpose was not clever. And then <laughs> moving over over half of the track, as you suggested, Chris, to hit Sergei Sorokin. Well, that's it's... because Sorokin was such a threat in Williams. He was a rocket. Yeah. 
Yeah, that 2018 Williams was a proper car, wasn't it? it was properly speaking, of, speaking of Williams, points on the first race. Hell yes. Alex is coughing in delight. He's muted himself so we don't have to hear it. I, I didn't say a thing, and Alex started coughing. So the only excitement came from one third of the show. <laughs> what happened? Oh, it's, it's okay. I can talk to myself constantly. <laughs> Williams getting points, I'm thrilled by. And Logan Sargent getting 12. Granted, but cars retiring. That was the strongest opening time we've seen from Williams for a very long time. Well, uh, it's um, I wouldn't be if if they are as prodigious in the straight line as they were last year. It's the Jeddah could be very good for them. Mm-hmm. And final, final, we'll ask who. Well, it's kind of an obvious question. Um, what did you think of Nick De the Nick DeVries' performance, Alex? He performed exactly as I thought he would. During the race, we kept being like, oh, he's up to 18. And I had to be like, it's a pit stop. Doesn't count. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's just passed Leclerc. Leclerc just retired from the race. It's fine. (laughs) He's catching Leclerc at a frightening pace. (laughs) Now, guys, you were mentioning you were assuming the race, right? Mm -hmm. You were watching the race on Zoom. Uh, Yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah, but I had it on... TV and we were zooming yeah, each other each... in Oh, we were Yeah, we had on respective TVs, but we were zooming each other while it was on. Yeah. Uh, how's the delay going? We managed to fix it. I'm now not going well, through the very out-of-date Amazon TV I have. I'm going through my Xbox. Uh, my timing was almost exactly the same as my dad's. Alex just had to pause mm-hmm. and then the lag was not an issue whatsoever. The problem is you two stream and I've got an actual TV feed. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> so it's quicker. So I, <laughs> I don't have that delay. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I was always wondering if my Amazon Prime stick to my TV, which came with the house, uh, was the reason it was so slow. And I was correct with my Xbox; it was much quicker, and the app is much better on that um, on the uh, Xbox. As a former Amazon TV uh, user, I can testify to that. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely slow. Um, mm-hmm. But have, uh, it's been almost a year and a half since I watch F1 on a regular TV. How much is that delay compared to F1 t- for the actual, you know, the streaming service? It was 20 seconds between you and me, Alex. I was halfway through the formation lap when you started the formation lap, so 30 or seconds. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I wonder how much of that is also country-based as well, because I assume... I that made, yeah. Because yeah, the broadcast, I assume, is getting linked back to a UK base and then sent out to you guys. Well, I don't know about that because he's using, he's using Now TV where you're using directly Sky. So yeah. that might be what it is that. I think it is an, it's the streaming element versus just the broadcast element because mm-hmm. you don't have to do any internet stuff with a normal TV broadcast because it's been going on for 75 odd years yeah. and it's quicker. Because it's a bit more analog and it just goes straight in streaming. You've got to wait for the internet to kick in, and then it's got to dip just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your yeah. brother could have watched a race in Spanish if you wanted to. See, si. which serves no problem. It, it serves no purpose, but yeah. See, <laughs> si. it depends if you want to learn Spanish. It's quite a good way of doing it. I feel like the Spanish. No, because you're Argentinian, you would be learning the wrong kind of Spanish. Mm. Yeah, let's. <laughs> Brits learning Argentinian Spanish isn't <laughs> that yes, could be that could have its own issues. Not that I want to call them dumb, but it, it's not the brilliant or most brilliant out of the Spanish variations. Like Brazilian Portuguese. 
No. Not basically the same. Are they the same? Okay. No. Not exactly the same. That's pretty. It's very similar. Like Welsh English. I'm trying not to call Argentinians dumb, but it's it's the only explanation that I got. <laughs> it's the only. As, as, as a Brit, have. I'm not going to say anything. I have nothing but strong, admirable feelings for the Argentinians, and I hope they they can forgive us soon. Of course. Enzo Fernandez has moved to Chelsea. I therefore like him. Oh, okay. I always thought Messi was a top bloke. Yeah, he's right, wasn't he? <laughs> that Maradona, he's all right. It was just one hand, wasn't it? I was about to say Diego Forlan, but he's not Argentinian, is he? You're close, no, but not, not quite. <laughs> it's, a, it's the country next door. Oh, okay. Chilly. No, <laughs> wrong one. You, you dodge like 20 different bullets and then you screw it up in, in Diego Forlan. But straight so down he's, the... he's Uruguay, right? Yes. Yes, yeah. there we go. Um, all right, let's let's go back to good god Spanish. That's like um, going, all right, look at that Gareth Bell, he's a great England player, isn't he? <laughs> the English are lucky to have him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should, should we go back to racing? Uh, fine. Probably. Oh, actually, do you want to hear a fun fact before we go back to racing? Sure, go on. so for some reason in school the other day, where one of the kids said racing, and I went racing. And I was like, wait, what the hell is that quote from? And I can remember very clearly, it's a very robotic voice going, racing. And I was like saying it to myself, and the kids were like, what are you talking about? It's like, there's a quote, and I forgot what it's from. And I remembered like five minutes later what it was, and it's from Tuned. It's from the episode where there's the robe, like Nico Rosbot or whatever it was. And it's the way he programs racing. And the kids were like, oh, oh show us. So I showed them the clip from where the racing bit comes from. <laughs> One of the kids went home and watched the entire series of Tuned. And now, now it doesn't stop saying my classes. Oh dear, it's happened again. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> Love it. It's fantastic. Oh, it's, oh, it's brilliant. Perfect. Speaking about Tune and Mobile One and NASCAR. Keeps uh, things running smoothly. Mobile the- One. Sorry, they did a thing with one of the, um, with one of the, um, Jesus, one of the oil bottles in tuned. Not the jug because the jug is the owner of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Jensen Button is, is joining NASCAR to race an actual NASCAR. Yeah, he is. And yeah, took her to the Americans. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about that race. I was very excited because it was going to be Kimi Räikkönen doing it. And no offense to Kimmy, that was blown out of the water by Jensen Button revealing he was doing it. It's like that scene in The Simpsons where there's like, you know, there's the there's the cute sheep, and the cuter sheep goes in front of it, then the other cute sheep tries to go back again. Like, no, it was, <laughs> like, it was like Kimmy, yay, <laughs> Jensen, and Kimmy tries to come back and go, no, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking I'm... about this before we started up the convo. It was we were comparing the two and who's more likely to win. Oh, yeah, Pedro's come down to Button having a better chance. Yeah, I'd assume Jensen, um, just based on what he's like as a racer, Kimmy, had he not gone back to Ferrari and left after the Lotus days, I'd be like, Kimmy all the way, but no. And even though he's had one more race experience under his belt, I'd probably side with Jensen. I think he's more likely to, you know, take a bit of a risk and the sort of risk that would win him a race or end him upside down. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd agree, Jensen. Hmm. Thing is, uh, and I was mentioning this to your brother before we had record. Um, Kimi has only raced a single event in NASCAR. 
Mm -hmm. So Kimmy doesn't have some technical bits like restarts or the procedures for yellow flags or uh, pit stops as down as Jensen because Jensen, aside from testing the actual G56 car, which he's racing in, um, he has also participated in simulated racing. Mm. And by that, I mean a bunch of cars, you know, 20 cars simulating a race in, in, in an oval. Um, mm. So he knows how to restart the car. He knows how to work with everybody else in a restart and how to work with pit stops and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And something that's somewhat ironic, I mean, despite the fact they're going to a series they don't really know, mm -hmm. they are more experienced at that track than any other NASCAR driver will ever is. Mm, true. Given both of them have been racing on it since 2012, NASCAR hasn't got didn't go to Cota until what 2019? 2019, yes. Mm. Yeah, and it's just no 20, 20 2019 or was it 21? Oh, yeah, 2021. Must have got mixed up with IndyCar. Wow. But yeah, Sick. that's they they know the track a lot better than the NASCAR drivers will. And also, it's a racetrack with corners that go different directions so they've got a bit of advantage there is that something they're used to they go left and right as well uh, i mean uh, a dum 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 tish I, I i don't consider that there's an advantage yeah of course it is but i've never considered mm. turning to the right and advantage <laughs> i mean oh no and when it comes into the fact they're racing nascar which are a different type of beast any advantage they would have is then nullified by the fact they don't know the cars that well mm-hmm Jensen knows what it's like to race in a tin top. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I think I mentioned this to you guys in the in, in our chat. You know, we have a WhatsApp chat. Uh, we the, do. Yeah, for those that don't know. Um, and none of you reacted to my amazing Photoshop of um uh, Pierre Gasly, which I did last week. I took I spent three minutes editing that, and all of you ignored it. It upset me greatly. I did not yes. ignore the hype train though. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did Kaiser. I did Kaiser Geisler, Kaiser Gasly, and I received no <laughs> enjoyment from that Photoshop whatsoever. <laughs> and you both looking it up? Oh yeah, I've... <laughs> it just it just passed me by. I wasn't really. The problem is, you then sent the Fernando Alonso hype train, in yes. which you basically made Thomas green with the fourteen on the side and Alonso's face on the front. That <laughs> took my attention. The hype train was such a good picture. <laughs> I quite like the fact you still got Kamoa on there. Is it? Is that still, is that still a thing? By the way, what? Uh, I think so. Right? The hats. Yeah, isn't it? I think so. I don't know. I've never seen Kamoa is still going his thing, isn't it? Still a going concern. No, I mean I've saw the entire preseason testing, and I've never seen him with a hat. Yeah, that's the thing. Because he always used the hat to advertise it. Yeah, the problem is it's just it's so ingrained. I wouldn't have noticed if it was gone. Yeah, true. Um, going back to NASCAR guys, he's still doing. He's still the current ambassador. Mm, okay, so it is in his brand. Uh, that's the thing. He's the brand was founded by Alonso, and he's still uh -huh. the current ambassador of it. But he no longer owns it. Um. Yes, it doesn't. Oh no. Uh, key people, Fernando Alonso, founder, owner, brand ambassador. Uh, there you go. So he's like the Franz family of hats. He does everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's the Kenneth Branagh. He's the directed by, produced by, and starring. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, going back to NASCAR, guys, I mentioned this in our, in our chat. Um, 
NASCAR has managed to go global without leaving the States. Yes. And that is insane. Yes, it's going to be interesting to see if this starts a trend and we see guest European drivers coming in more often because that is a great way to get other people involved. Because when it comes to Europeans, I think they're kind of most of them would watch most types of motorsport if it was available. I think NASCAR would be no different. Uh, NASCAR, no, I wouldn't say it's no different. I think IndyCar has the advantage that it's open oh, wheels yeah. and Europeans know what they're doing with open wheels, even though they do do ovals. NASCAR is so unique. Mm-hmm. In terms of being a stock car that mainly do ovals, whether it's a half mile, mile, or a super speedway, it's it's quite a difficult thing to get into if all you know is, say, well, from the European perspective, it's all open wheels and your tin top tin top stuff is GT cars or touring cars. Mm. Now, I think there is no equivalent to NASCAR in Britain. Oh god! Or in Europe, there's a NASCAR no. Euro Series, but it's still NASCAR. Yeah. So it's there's no equivalent. There's all IndyCar and F1 sort of equivalent. Then you've got GT racing here and there. It's just it's such an not not such an odd concept, but it's a weirder concept. It's harder for people to get into. Mm. Now the mm. point I was trying to make is that most Europeans would still give it a shot. They would if it was available. They'd say, "Yeah, I'm watching. Give it a try." Yeah. I think at least the hardcore time. fans, yes. Mm-hmm. Your casual fan, less so. But if when it's... you've got names like Button and Raikkonen, they'll give it a go. If Daniel Ricciardo yeah. did a race, imagine how yeah. I quite imagine quite a few Europeans would watch that. Yeah, get Lewis Hamilton in there. It's why I, it's part of the reason why I think IndyCar's had a bit of a boom in the last couple of years is because Grosjean's gone over there. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you've got all these F1 fans with the Sky Sports F1 channel going, "Ooh, I know Grosjean. Oh, he's racing over there. I'll give it a watch." Then they watch it, realize it's batshit crazy, and go, "Oh, I like this." Oh, he's in the lead of the race currently. <laughs> oh, that's a lot. That's a New Zealand the next swim, isn't it? Oh, that Scott McLaughlin looks like a great. <laughs> I like bus bros. Oh no, no. <laughs> it's okay, Alex, because we've grown up taking out. Apart from Marcus Ericsson, maybe Callum Isla wasn't expected to be supporting. You know, legend. And I've been. That's oh, good point. was good. Should I'm we talk about the many times? I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it every time the guy gets a top 10. Argentinian touring car drivers are just built differently. Yeah, it's looking that way. Yeah. Mm. Lopez. Oh, yeah. Jose mm-hmm. Maria Lopez, who was meant to be an F1, dominates oh, yes. touring cars. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dominates touring cars. Then you've got. Canapino, who is is he older than me? He's about my age. He's he's and he just he jumps into an Indy car, out qualifies his teammate who has been in single seats for the last ten years, Mm -hmm. and then I think rather unluckily got he was just outside top ten, wasn't he? He was he got caught up in a couple of silly bit a couple of things. Mm -hmm. I think he got caught up in the first lap melee, but yeah. Junkos is looking like a good car, and I think both of them are going to get good points out of it. And Indy yes. coming to Argentina. Hmm. Oh, uh, whether, whether yes, can we get an Indy like race down at Oscar Galvez, please? That would be lovely. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going there, but it's going to Argentina anyways. Then it can go to the Portera de los Funes. No, they're going to uh, 
Termas de Londo. Oh, uh, oh, that's disappointing. That's a yeah. It's, it's not the nicest track. No, it's not a good one. Mm-hmm. I think Chris is a little bit lost here. He's looking confused. Argentina is a country. World <laughs> <laughs> Cup champions, everybody. Their flag is green. No, blue and no, white. No, it's not. Why yes. is it green? Green. <laughs> it's blue and white and yellow. I can picture a ton of Argentinians throwing rocks at their computer. Diego Ball yeah. plays with them. <laughs> I, I feel like going to, yeah, going to the Hondo track is just not a good move because uh, it, it works. It's okay for bikes, but for four wheel machines, it's just not going to work. They, too thin, too twisty, and it, they nah. might make it work. But it's as you said, it's not the best of choices. Yeah. Better track. Yeah. But uh, nothing has been made uh, official yet, so they could very well change their mind. Yeah, very true. Mm-hmm. Did we, Chris, uh, what do you think of um, Argentinian racetracks? <laughs> oh, they've got some of the best Argentinian racetracks in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, Buenos Aires. That's a good one. Oscar Galvez. <laughs> Is that what it's called now? Yeah, it's called. Well, uh, it's always been called the Oscar Galvez Autodromo Oscar Galvez. I mm. know one of them. You should do because you've played it enough times in F197. That's it. Thank you. Born <laughs> 197. Yes. Did I ever tell you the story about my friend who didn't understand how to say Buenos Natchez and one on a hotel, one on a ho- last holiday in Magaluf kept going up to and saying Buenos Aires and wondering why they didn't talk back to <laughs> clean air to you clean air he get, to you he get my Buenos Aires ladies and we were like oh he's doing that as a joke and he's like why not say anything back to me <laughs> fantastic mm. should we talk about the IndyCar <laughs> we already are yeah aren't we just doing that okay I, I didn't know if we had like a, like a certain one said this is now going to be the IndyCar section of WTHK brought to you by um, what did you guys think of the race? Uh, it was absolutely crazy, bonkers. Yeah, it is. It was kind of off the charts. There's a point where Alex and I were just like, another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem is, you had the first lap where De- De- Francesco gets chucked up 10, 15 feet in the air. That was scary. That was probably scary. That, that yeah. annoyed me because the first replays didn't really show him moving very much, and I was like, Ooh, yeah. God. But the, the second one were, uh, was Kirkwood, wasn't it? Mm. It just appears from nowhere. You just you see a car go into the barrier and just suddenly a pink car just goes... <laughs> boing. I say two, just... two airborne cars in two separate incidents is something I don't think I've... Mm. Actually, no, I have seen in motorsport. But it's not something you see frequently in motorsport. It's not something you see very often on a street course. No. You see yeah. it on ovals, particularly. Well, on the street courses, cars, yeah. But... Street course and just you don't build up enough speed normally. Hmm. I'll blame that on the noses. Hmm? I'll blame that on the car noses. Yeah, they're a little high, aren't they? A little yeah, then, they used to be way mm. lower back then. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that's the that's the old problem the old F1 cars had back in like 2013, is the noses were so high mm-hmm. you were just gonna fly over them. But then if you make them too low, you're submarine. Yeah, 
It's a yeah. question of what you'd rather go under the car or go over the car. And at the moment, I'd rather go over. Mm-hmm. Cars are strong enough to take it. I also did have a quick question, if it's okay. I know I'm not the host of this podcast, but I just have one card. I had a question I was allowed to ask you too. There is no host in this podcast. I'm just a presenter. Yeah, screw you, Alex. Um, so, <laughs> um, do you think the drivers in IndyCar race Grosjean differently? I, I concede that the, the incident was primarily McLaughlin's fault, although Grosjean should maybe have thought about being on the outside of that particular part of the track when he's on cold tyres. I mean, we saw enough incidents of that part in the track. But this seems to be a frequent occurrence. In the last race of last year, we saw something kind of similar. Do you think IndyCar drivers race him differently? No. Yes, but it won't last forever. The reason they do race him differently is because of what he did in Laguna Seca in 2021, which was <laughs> off the scale stupid <laughs> in some ways because it gave him a reputation. And therefore, all the drivers last year were going, are you going to race like that? I'll race him like that. Mm. I think after this, unless he does something dim again, He'll be back to normal, wasn't it? Jimmy, no wasn't it, like, it was. It was, it was Jimmy Johnson where like it just cuts like and here's Grosjean and it's like yeah, going over every curve, hitting every getting ramming into the side. It was amazing. I think there is an element of it, knowing that he's a very aggressive driver, and they act on that in in a defensive way because if someone else is going to be that aggressive if they're that aggressive as well they've got a better chance of either staying in front or surviving to to carry on in the race I I disagree I don't know how long that will last after this one because this feels rather like a big big moment in his career Mm -hmm. of oh you've just lost a race because someone else and we're looking quick the entire time however Pedro has a different opinion yeah it, it it's not so much yeah he's done a couple of things especially that jimmy johnson thing at laguna seca but i think it's just you know grosian was a guy that in f1 that was known for not moving not giving space this guy just happens to join a racing series that in which no one actually gives you space <laughs> And even yeah. when they do, they give space because it's a noble, and they get the kind of space you get on ovals, right? Yeah. Um, so it, I guess it just stands out a little bit more because mm. not only he's aggressive, no one's giving away to his aggressiveness. Mm. Not even Jimmy when he was being hit from absolutely every single angle on the Gunasenka. <laughs> being hit from every angle, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, like, it's, it was a shame to see Grosjean's race fall away. I did have a bit of, oh, God, was it Hungary 2018? With um, Daniel Ricciardo going around the outside of Bottas into the first corner, and Bottas's car was severely impaired, and Bottas ended up you know, crashing into the side of him. It was a little minor thing, but Ricciardo was able to get past. I think it was 2018, maybe 17. In this one, I feel like Grosjean, in the position he was in, Going into that move, I used to like, I my thinking to myself, they're going to touch, it's going to happen again. And then it happened. I'm, I'm wondering if part of the blame is possibly on Grosjean's side for that accident. Uh, I think the fact oh. he gave him enough car, enough room on the inside nullifies any blame on Grosjean. Mm. What it is, is it's a risky move. It's a question of whether the risk should have been taken. That's a good way of phrasing it. But in terms of, yeah, in terms of fault, it's all on. Yeah, Lockheed. because. That's things I'm wondering if Grodon should have possibly considered that like, if he locks up 
there's no like he's got enough room to make the corner it's fine yeah. if he locks up that's it yeah if he'd played the long game he may have ended up finishing second which whilst annoying mm-hmm. would have been big points on the board but yeah and I think it's a question of risk and what sort of risk profile you're willing to take coming into into a corner like that knowing that yeah you can win or you could finish or not finish even mm-hmm. Be, uh, it's a question of what you'd rather do. It's the Verstappen pre-2018, which was all or nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would have actually liked to see that that segment of the race, not the incident. But with a guy like Scott Dixon, put, mm. put Dixon on the on Grosjean's place. Yeah. Switch him to McLaughlin's car. I'm pretty sure Dixon would have just let him go by. Yeah. Yes. The way we're fitting in there. We have never yeah. been like 15 years under that corner. So I'm letting go. <laughs> yeah. Dixon is the master of the long game. So he would have definitely done that. And mm-hmm. I thought for a minute during the race, he's going to win this one too. Wasn't far off, was he? No. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, how do you think Pato, Pato Waters uh, is feeling right now? Uh, I think I'm he's still... probably trying to work out how to make, uh, what was it? Less oxygen go into the into the combustion chamber of the engine mm. I think he's now realised there must be something he can do he's now in the engine and he's put a little stopper in <laughs> I mean that was a hell of a way to lose a race we saw it with Grosjean and then with Pato as well yeah. yeah well that that's, it comes under mechanical fault doesn't it but it's that's the point actually what does our resident Mexican think of it a resident Mexican you said yes Yes, you. Of this, of this podcast, you are the resident Mexican, as much as I am the resident Briton, as the resident bald guy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like a sequel to Resident Evil, where it's like resident Mexican. <laughs> <Zombie Pedro. laughs> Dear Lord. Alex, Alex is dying right now. The thing is, is, I'm glad he's muting because we don't want to hear. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But the issue is when we're like reacting to something that can't be heard. It sounds so farcical. <laughs> um, right. What did I think about good, good race? Um, the thing about the, you know, the engine bit's a bit. I'm still baffled by it. Hmm. Um, but the more you see the guy, the more you think he would struggle in F1. Because of tires. Mm. He raises the way you raise an Indy car because you can go to the pits in three, four times. He's too harsh on its tires, which, you know, there's no problem over in the side of the pond. But if you go to Europe and you start racing like that and you don't get used to it, which he has not on the couple of times he's been testing with McLaren, he could very well struggle if he ever makes a jump. Not that I think he would. It's easier to go from it's easier to go from sensitive tires to non-sensitive tires from F1 to IndyCar than it is the other way around because Mm. you've got to be very specific with F1 tires. You don't have to be that specific with IndyCar tires, therefore you can just chuck it around like you'd want to on an Mm. F1 car. But instead of being told by your engineer, "No, you can't do this," you can go, "My engineer is telling me to do this. I'm going to do it." Well, actually. <laughs> By the way, That's speaking true. of Mexican things, the Mexican tires were back. Were they? Yeah, as the green tires. 
Yeah, green. Oh, I see. Interesting. Oh, okay. I live in my home state desert, by the way. Nice. Oh, oh, remember? You guys remember I told you I wanted an interview with the guy at Firestone? Yes. Mm. Well, I actually got in touch with our, um, with our secretary of economic development. With uh, Technically, he gave up the green light for Firestone. Uh, mm. to to you know make whatever they have to do here to get the rubber for the tires, right? And I asked him for his phone number, the Firestone guy. Well, I can't give it to you, but you can have an interview with me. I gave them the green light for it. I'm like, what the fuck do you know about racing? <laughs> I know you want to interview him, but you can talk to me instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I saw the email. <laughs> Please just let me let me be interviewed. Oh, I'm interesting. I promise. I have three cats. <laughs> Question: Is Marcus is Marcus Ericsson a title contender in IndyCar this year? Yes. Yes, for sure. Jolly good. Moving on. <laughs> this does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not much to add, really. <laughs> it is amazing oh. how he's been in IndyCar for so long, and in the last two years, he's really like kicked off. <laughs> oh yeah. Some some drivers just do that because you've got to remember his F1 career got better as each. Well, he got he ended up being quite good in the end. Mm. He was just overshadowed by Leclerc, mm-hmm. and give him a couple of years in IndyCar, and boom, they turn five. Oh, sorry, Indy five hundred winner. Yeah. I- I'll make an assumption, but I I assume you guys will agree with me. Um, we're talking about Magnuson plus Dixon plus Rossi, and all the old, you know the old timers that are always in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean we're we're talking about title contention. Oh, in terms of title contenders, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you've got Eric. Oh, I see. There. I don't know if I'd put Rossi there yet. Award should probably be in there. Not sure, about her, not sure about Herter this year. Grosjean, I'm not sure about Grosjean just because of his consistency. I'm, mm, I yeah. think that Andretti is looking quite good, so I'm going to give him the benefit of that and say yes. Although Herter, what are you doing? No, Herter's, Herter, yeah. Herter, Herter's slid down so far recently. Yeah, I know he did get the little, it was with, with Bill Power, wasn't it, that he got the punt. But if you give someone a little tap, and they're going to have the inside for the next corner. You give them a bit of space. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was Power's mistake, and he should have given up the corner. But you should know he uh, maybe should have had a little look in the mirror and thought he's not letting that go, and just give him a bit more room. Yeah, all the time you have to leave a space. <laughs> understood. <laughs> I love that you put understood enough to that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Alonso, guys, we we. We just had like short of five minutes to go, and there was one question that I wanted you that I wanted to ask you guys because I made the senseless bet in this show. Oh yes, um, I remember. I saw your yes. tweet about this. <laughs> I try to buy my share, my Alonso share, with the the number in the back on Monday, and it was sold out. On Wednesday, they were back in stock. Oh. And now it's a question between the team shirt with Alonso's number on the back. Or the polo shirt. I thought about letting you guys decide. 
I had a similar sort of thing recently because I was, I was like, I need an IndyCar shirt to wear. And the IndyCar store in the USA is brilliant. Like, there's a DHL Grosjean shirt for $25 in my size. There, there, there is no other IndyCar store. What other store I was looking at? Uh, IndyCar merch. What was I looking at? There's some IndyCar merch that I want and looks lovely. Let me know. I might be able to get some for you. It's the Hyunkos one. This is really well done. This is on IndyCar.com store, so there is one. No, yes, but you said IndyCar store in the US, and there is no IndyCar store elsewhere. Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a Japanese IndyCar store, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the thing. This is something I saw. Uh, This was Roman... Oh, where's, where's it gone? Like they've got Alexander Rossi shirts, they've got Scott McLaughlin shirts, all like the big names and stuff. And it's all reasonably decent pricing, it's some is obscene. Um, but yeah, I think with the Aston Martin, I'm gonna guess that the polo shirt is a bit more expensive than the team shirt. A tiny bit, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm a polo shirt wearing freak. Um, so that's my personal uh, vibe. I don't, Alex, I feel like it's a bit Alex is a team shirt sort of guy. He's still got the bright yep. orange and the parent shirt. Yes, he does. He's got the bright orange McLaren shirt in his drawer, and it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. I guess it just depends where you're going to wear it most. If you're possibly going to wear it whilst doing your journalism, um, the polo shirt might help. But if you're going to wear it when you're you know, watching the races with your granddad, uh, you know, doing stuff, <laughs> the team shirt. I feel like the team shirt probably looks better. I'm, I just love polo shirts. Polo shirt it is. Um... <laughs> Take that, at least. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gave me the key point. I'm gonna wear it to work at some point. There you go. And polo shirts the way forwards. I mean, I know I'm saying this to you whilst wearing a waistcoat, tie, and suit. Um, but I'm a, being formal at work, so it's a good thing to do. I mean, Alex wears a three-piece suit when he's doing his um work as well, don't you, Alex? Yes, I wear a three-piece suit to deliver parcels. Yeah, see, <laughs> and a racing helmet on top. Of course, thank you. Overdressed oh. posty. <laughs> that could be a kids' TV show. I'd watch the shit out of that. Um, final comment before we close up the show because we have a minute and a half to go. Um, last time I tried to buy something from the IndyCar store, I wanted my DHL Pride T-shirt from Grosjean, and every single small size there, ex- uh, extra small and small, they were gone. Oh, no shirt. I've got a good hint for you for this one. If you buy a shirt that's large or XL, all you have to do is get fat and then you'll fit into it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's strange what sizes go. But like that's exactly, I always noticed that in like in F1 back in the UK, it was S, M, L were normally gone. Or sometimes it was S, M and then XL. So it's strange what sizes make it and don't make it. Yeah, it, it depends on the shirt, too. Yeah. Um, and on that bombshell, guys, <gasps> on T-shirt sizes, it's time to end the show. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for subscribing. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.